Hello and welcome back to a new episode of the Tech Stat Podcast with me, your host, Cameron Wenham. Um, today, I'm delighted to say that we are joined by the Chief Insurance Officer at OB, Matt Sutika. Welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, so personally, I feel like I work in the one of the sexier uh, sectors, uh, being insurance. And uh, for those who uh, spit out their coffee right there, I, I apologize. But uh, <laughs> no, uh, work in the insurance uh, space, most specifically the uh, insured tech space for uh, the one to four unit uh, landlord product uh, is where we reside. Uh, so we have a digital product that you can go to our site or if you're a partner of ours, get uh, digital experience to get provided uh, insurance for your one to four unit rental anywhere in uh, the United States. I know well, OB's grown quite considerably over the last kind of five, 10 years. Um, is it Skylight that you merged with? How was that merger for you? And, and kind of um, where do you fit within that now? It was really good. So yeah, so uh, I own a company uh, with some other partners called Skylight and um, Aaron and Ryan, our founders of OB, uh, we were in a, uh, a partnership back in 2017, 2018, and uh, in 2020, uh, after they had just gone through uh, coming back from YC or Y Combinator, uh, for those who are unfamiliar with the term YC, um, they decided to go this route of doing the insure tech space. I was doing insurance in the real estate space from a, like a brokerage standpoint, but had a lot of experience working with other insure techs from consulting aspect or an aspect of uh, being a broker working with those carriers from like the independent agent side. And uh, we decided in April of 2020, which was the best time ever to do a uh, merger, you know, the world was going to end. So it was, you know, might as well merge together and see what happens. But yeah, uh, it, it, it went really well. Um, a lot of that was uh, Aaron and Ryan did, I think, a fantastic job of that transition bringing on, you know, I was bringing over eight or 10 people from the Skylight team. It felt, be, I think, because we had been working together already for so long and uh, Aaron and Ryan are very like warm people that I think the transition was smooth from a people ops standpoint. You know, people kind of just, you know, went to bed one day, woke up the next day, they're working for OB, but their day-to-day -day business didn't really change because mm -hmm. um, the merger was kind of taking over the team and what they were doing and then adding the tech into that. So uh, for us, as far as mergers go, I, I don't think it could have gone um, smoother. Uh, mm -hmm. Really, our only hiccup was, you know, the uh, the uh, worldwide pandemic going on uh, at that time, you know, so I think that was, without that, um, you know, it was pretty smooth. Amazing. How how did you adjust from going from a team of, I think it was around five to to over 70 in such a short space of time? it's been it's been exciting i guess is the word i chose i actually met with a new uh team member yesterday and uh, i was having this conversation with him that you know when we were five or ten i was i was still in the like janitor on up type of role same with everybody you know we had to do the interviews we had to do the onboarding we had to welcome mm -hmm. them we had to you know uh if there was a trivia night at the office like it was just the five or ten of us right and now uh, what's interesting is, yeah, I'm I'm not in on most interviews. I might not even get a chance to talk to the person when they come on for a couple weeks or 30 days if they're not directly, you know, uh, underneath me or uh, even in my area. Uh, we do do a really cool thing that our people ops per, uh, person set up for us, where we do 
um, meet with all the new hires within a 30 day period. We do like an hour or half hour Zoom where we just, you know, get to know them and go. And it's interesting because like I'll get on now and I'm like, hey, tell me about your background. It's almost like another interview, right? Like, because I'm like, tell me about you. You know, what did you come on for? Why did you want to be part of it? So that's a really, I think, interesting dynamic at, that was new for me. From your perspective, what's changed in terms of that kind of catch up process, doing things virtually and in person? How how much of, of what you experience in person can you actually receive on, on platforms like Zoom? You have to be way more intentional. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if a new hire, you're in the office, you're probably buying them lunch that day. You can stop by their desk and, you know, shake their hand and, you know, um, get to know them instantly where, you know, in the virtual environment, you have to be way more intentional. So you have to, you know, do things like that, that like the meetings with the new hires. And I'm not saying that it, that it can be replaced, to be honest with you. Like I, I'm a proponent of work from home and uh, this virtual world, but there is some things that you just will never be able to fully replace um, of being in the office, right? There, you just you just can't, right? Like you can do your best to bring on new people and do a good job, and that's the new environment that we're in. But I don't think you'll ever replace the person coming in on their first day, mm -hmm. coming in, getting a welcome, maybe having a gift basket on their desk finding out where the bathroom is, you know, taking them to lunch. Like, how do you, how do you virtually replace that? Mm -hmm. You do the best you can. Uh, but you know, there's nothing like the in office. I, I, lo I love the in office. I support the virtual, uh, and we do our best to kind of mingle the two together. Right. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Are there any specific platforms, um, which really utilize tech that have helped you with the synergy of, of your team working remotely? Oh, uh, I mean, I think it's the most obvious one is Slack. Um, mm -hmm. sometimes we overuse it maybe, but yeah, I think if Slack didn't exist, I was, I was talking to, uh, we met as a management team last week in Florida and I was like, Hey, I'm not saying get rid of Slack. I was like, but if we got rid of Slack, like what did we used to do? And the first answer was, I think we emailed people, uh, yeah. or we were in the office, we talked to each other, like we went and had communication. So I think Slack is such a powerful tool. Um, anybody listening to this that uses Slack knows that there is some, hiccups with Slack as well, as far as like sometimes over communicating or too easy to, to shoot a message or uh, go on a rant. But um, that tool, I think, is something that would be really hard for us as a company to get rid of uh, or move away from it. Uh, Google Sheets, Google Docs, like that virtualness where you can kind of both be in a document at the same time, I think is in incredibly helpful. Um, again, mm -hmm. Uh, just like anything, you know, if you look back to the Terminator or anything else, technology is there. It's fantastic, but there's always another side. And so you have to be careful with technology too, right? And use it uh, in good situations. Like I'll, I'll use Google Sheets, for example. It is an amazing thing. I say 97% of the time. However, there is the downside of sometimes I can't find uh, the one out of the thousand Google Sheets that I created yeah. for, you know, <laughs> to share with somebody. So there's always that side, but there's, you know, uh, I don't think there's a hundred percent of, of anything, but, um, yeah, those are my two favorite, the, the Google Docs suite of tools, uh, Slack, um, you know, really from a communication standpoint, you, you break it down to the departments, departments have, you know, more applications or more, um, uh, different programs and things that they'll use. But I think company wide, those are the two main ones. Amazing. I, I really want to kind of deep dive into into Obi now and um, and your business and how you utilize tech. 
Um, so my first question to you is kind of how do you leverage data and utilize advanced tech to continue to grow in SureTech? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, data is uh, is the driver, right? It's the separator between are you a broker or a brokerage or, you know, do you have some type of, you know, buzzword insured tech company? Um, and really, you know, data can go across the board in a few ways, right? So the first one is using data to just make things faster, right? Um, mm -hmm. Client typing in an address of their home and instead of having to, you know, type in themselves or figure out themselves the year making model, there's services out there that, you know, we use to pull in that data of when things were built to construction type to, um, you know, maybe number of stories, you know, et cetera, right? Uh, that you can pull in that data. You know, I think the next part of the data that is used appropriately is like uh, using data as far as crime score, crime history, um, loss history, where you're using data to help uh, with your rating system and, you know, uh, making whether a risk is eligible or uh, if it is eligible, like what type of rate is needed. Um, because I think that's been the giant black box or black hole or whatever you want to call it in the insurance spaces. And in the smaller stuff, you've trusted a lot of like the client's word, right? You know, you do a large apartment and there's loss runs, loss history, and the underwriters are really looking it over. But historically, the client gets to kind of just you know, choose the question on on uh, on the app or whatever of have you had any losses? And I'm 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 just going to be honest. I don't think that that question is answered truthfully or accurately most mm -hmm. of the time. So you can either keep relying on that and say, oh, it's not a big deal. These are fourteen hundred dollar policies. They're you know they're three hundred thousand dollar homes or rentals. Uh, or you can use data to say, hey, you know what? Um, we you know, we know this had a fire. We know that this had a water loss. We know that uh, there was a shooting here and kind of take that out of the hands. So you're not necessarily saying, hey, we don't trust you. It's just saying, hey, we trust the data more. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's another uh, big aspect of the data. And then I think the last piece is, you know, insurance is king of data. Right. I, I think there was a stat at one point that State Farm as a carrier had the most data in the United States, second only to the U.S. government as far as on the US population. Uh, and if you think about it, probably any American right now that's what's call it over 40 years old, at one point had probably either been on a policy or had a policy with State Farm in their lifetime. Well, State Farm doesn't get rid of that data, right? You know, so they're gonna have birth dates and socials and addresses and stuff. So you just, it, and so what's the next level? What can you do uh, beyond just the insurance with that data, can you start to predict when uh, snow needs to be removed, gutters need to be cleaned, roofs need to be replaced? So can you get into the preventative piece, right, that a lot of people don't talk about is, uh, can you sell that data? You know, is there companies out there that are, you know, uh, gutter cleaners that would want that data to know, um, you know, how often they should be soliciting to come help uh, those clients, you know, clean their gutters or replace their roofs, right? So uh, I can go on and on, but overall, I mean, data is the true separation between, you know, hi, I'm a broker, which I used to be, so I'm picking on myself here. Um, I'm going to write you a policy. Uh, you're going to give me the data as the client. I'm going to give you a price and and, and we're going to give you coverage. The, the data is the separation of really what makes an insured tech uh, happen now and what the insured tech 5.0 in the future will be. That's really interesting. Um, if you were looking 
to provide data for information for gutter cleaners where would you go would you go directly to the gutter cleaners or is there a community where you can post that to and people can bid for the value of that you know so i um i'll preface it i don't know what's out there um i think that's really interesting right so um this idea is sharing probably my two partners and founders are probably like hey matt why are you even going down this road my mind just goes this way i'm always thinking about you know i'm always trying to play chestnut checkers right so i'm thinking about this might not even be a thing for five or ten years but to kind of just go down the hypothetical road here because it's fun is that i could see it going multiple ways right like we could be the platform where people came on to either like advertise to get that data or get in front of people it could be just a straight selling it yes to um local people in the area it could be for our clients you know which would be kind of neat that if they're going through their portal for their insurance we use this data to, you know, give them what's to say an example a reminder, hey, you know, your roof's coming up on 15 years. Would you like a bid? And when they click a bid, it goes out to, you know, local contractors in the area that could, would call them and give them an estimate. Like mm. I could probably spend 17 podcasts with you talking about this idea. Um, and <laughs> because it really is when you control the data as those like three or four things I just threw out at the hip, you can mm. do so much, right? It's probably got your mind racing from a standpoint mm -hmm. of like, gosh, if you know all this stuff about the house, it's it's everything, right? Like from internet to cable to TV. I mean, just the amount of things that you can control mm -hmm. if you can have the client on your portal and then you're just using data that we're pulling to help them out, right? It's why Amazon is so powerful. I go into Amazon, it, 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 it tells me what I want when I'm on there. I'm shopping for one thing, but over on the right-hand side, it suggests things. I go on Facebook favorite thing about Facebook or meta now, I guess, or whatever, is whatever I talk to my wife about that day that I'm interested in, oh, I, get, I need new jeans or, oh man, I really want to find a healthy soda. And I just talk close enough to my phone. When I scroll mm -hmm. at night after the baby's in bed on my Facebook wall, it, it does it for me. There, It gives me all the suggested companies and I can click and buy. And I love that, right? Most people, it freaks them out, but for mm -hmm. me, I love it. Um, and so it's that same concept, you know, so we, you know, we could kind of go probably four or five different ways, maybe 10 different ways with it, but there's definitely something there. And I think that's what you're going to see as the next step, because a lot of the other insurance companies just been sitting on this data in an old dusty warehouse for a hundred years. Right. And they haven't really taken that next step. They've just stayed as insurance brokers or insurance agents or insurance companies you know, um, I think you'll see the insure text flip from Am like Amazon did where they sold books and it was digital book. Then it was Amazon Web Services, right? I think that's where we want to go. Uh, I put us in like the insure tech 2.0, 3.0 bucket or two and a half. Sure. And I think that's where you're going to see uh, companies like us and, and others that are in the space go next over the next five, 10 years. Sure, sure. I think personalizing that for any customer, I mean, personalization of, of products and services is, is key and that's a massive growth area. And when that's kind of supplemented by tech um, and data, which is the new gold, as I've quoted before in a different podcast, um, yeah, you're in for a, probably a winning strategy there. Um, just moving away from the data side and the big data side, what kind of tech trends will look to influence your business over the next 5, 10, 15 years? Yeah. So, you know, the market trend for us, I think, is going to be um, a few items. So I think the first thing is we're really seeing a push from the tech side. Uh, people want things similar to our last conversation embedded or they want to um, have the ability to 
uh, find insurance where they already are. So that's something that we're we're concentrating already on now, and I think is going to be more and more on trend. You know, I'll use Amazon for example. I go on there, I'm buying a package. It already knows my home address, right? And pulls data and knows information. Like I would love for on the right hand side for it to offer me a homeowner's quote, right? Why not just do it right there? And you know, um, so where I see us going, not only just for us in the real estate space, but the insurance tech in general is getting our products where people are already shopping, where they're already at. Uh, no one has enough time anymore, right? That's like the like the the feeling like I'm I'm always trying to get more time, get more time. As mm -hmm. much as technology is supposed to uh, give us more time, it does, but we just do more, right? Like that's like, everyone's like, oh, technology will come in and it'll give us more time. And it totally does. It's just the human nature in us. We're not going to just then be like, oh, you know, it gave me three hours back today. I'm just going to sit down. I'm going to sit. We just fill that three hours with, with more, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I think there's going to be this continuous feeling of, you know, I would like to get my insurance where I, I went, where you growing up, you know, in the, in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, people had to go everywhere, right? Oh, I'm going to go into town. When I get my groceries, I'm going to stop off at the local insurance branch. It was part of, it was the same concept, right? It was more time consuming, but it was mm -hmm. like, that's how you went and got your insurance. It's like, why you were out shopping, stop by the local state farm guy, go over to the bank, get a couple twenties out for the weekend you know, that type of thing. Now it's like, hey, uh, what, you know, male, female, whatever, uh, I'm going to go on Amazon because I got to order my groceries. I'm going to do this online. And oh, by the way, I'm going to uh, knock out my my renewal for my insurance. So I think that's a big trend uh, that's now and going to continue. And then I think the, you know, the next trend as far as the real estate market is, you know, where's that going from a buying side? I'm I'm very curious on, you know, um, is, are we gonna, the single family is gonna come back and be more popular and get into the individual consumer's hand is Airbnb gonna, you know, have another bull run in it where you're getting more mom and pops owning these individuals and that we're going to be insuring onesie twosies with more individuals or is a rootstock invitational home, you know, big players going to just own 90 some percent of uh, of the, the rental space. And we're going to need to provide more embedded services or partnership services. Um, and we're working with large clients on, you know, large schedules. So those are kind of the two trends that we're um, staying. And as you can tell on both, technology is going to be key to success. You know, we're going to need technology if it goes mom and pop route to get in front of them, you know, in a faster, more efficient way. Clearly, if we're working with big players, they're going to want embedded into their portal. They're going to want uh, the ability for their either clients or their individuals to, you know, come through in a uh, in a techno technological way. Uh, especially, you know, a lot of the prop techs and other technology companies, like they don't want to preach to their clients, like, "Hey, come to us for your property management in a very tech fashion." And then, mm -hmm. oh, by the way, like, let us refer you to. Uh, an insurance broker who wants to come sit at your kitchen table and fill out paper apps, right? They're going to want that same digital experience across the board. I, I just want to kind of ask one last question. Um, and that is outside of the area of tech that you work in, um, what is for you the most exciting advancement in tech that you're seeing in society generally? 
Oh, I mean, this one is this is a softball for me. I mean, uh, all the rage right now is this uh, chat GPT, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you, you, you know, so this one's uh, if you would ask me this maybe three weeks ago, I don't even know if I heard of that. But, you know, I can't go anywhere without hearing about chat GPT right now. So, I mean, I think I'll say AI in general uh, just seems to be the hot button. If I go on YouTube, every financial YouTuber is telling me about the 20 stocks to buy for AI over the next 10 years, you know, uh, you turn on CNBC and they're, they're talking about, you know, oh, is NVIDIA gonna have a bounce back now with this whole AI and, you know, chat GPT stuff, Microsoft putting $10 billion in. Mm -hmm. So it, there couldn't be a pretty much a hotter topic right now um, than I think AI and chat GPT and like how this is going to change things. I mean, it's even making it to my my kitchen table, right? My wife's wondering, you know, is my is my son going to be able to cheat on his homework? How are we going to watch that? You know, how's he how's he going to are we going to stop him from going to something a site like that or using AI to write his paper? And I'm like, honestly, if my depending on how old he is, if he can figure out Chat GPT and write a paper, I think I'm more impressed uh, that he can do that than the fact that it's like cheating, right? Like it's like you know, our kids are going to need to, you know, be born and raised with tech, which they already are. So. Um, Maybe that's not that bad of a problem, but yeah, AI is the hottest thing right now. Amazing. It's been great to have you on, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, is there a way for people, for, for our listeners to get in contact or, or look at your content? Uh, two best ways you can go to obinsurance.com uh, and get a hold of me or get a hold of the team or, you know, uh, check out the uh, digital process. Um, the other way is I am under Matt Sudica. Uh, there is no other Matt Sudica, I believe, in the world. So any social media from LinkedIn to Twitter to Facebook. Um, I'm there. I'm responsive. So if you want to come to me to direct, uh, that's a great way to get a hold of me. If you're looking to work with Obi, go ahead and go to our website and uh, our team will take care of you. What a claim that is. The only name in the world. I love that. Um, <laughs> I, I believe so. I believe so. One, <laughs> maybe someone will correct me one day and that'd be cool to meet them. But uh, yeah, I think there's not many Sudikas out there. Amazing, amazing. Well, if you're listening and you can find another Matt Sudica, then um, then then hit us up. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, and um, and we'll be sure to follow exactly what you're doing over the next couple of months as well. 